Welcome to the Walk Around Podcast, where we interview the leaders influencing the business today. We are joined by Brian Pash, who is the founder of PCG Companies, Brian Pash Enterprises. He's the thought leader, effective strategy driver, and an industry change agent, really focused on helping dealers, OEMs, and dealer groups harness their data and incorporate efficient marketing tactics. I'm of course joined by my partner in crime, Nick Funch. Hey, Danny. How's it going? It's going good. Excited to be here with you today, Brian. Well, it is great to lean in and talk about the new year and opportunities to move forward. Yeah, what a uh, interesting year we're coming off of, right? Um, you talk about disruption and certainly accelerated uh, how dealers retail cars, how they influence their customer experience and excited to kind of explore a couple of those different avenues today and potentially give some dealers some tidbits on things they can be focused on. So, yeah. So well, there's always things to do. Yeah. It never stops. Does it? <laughs> there That's you go. Right. So as we kind of start the, the new year, I think like Nick was saying, you know, 2020 was like nothing anyone could have possibly expected and anticipated, but like you said, some things don't really change, right? Some things always stay the same. And I think, marketing and how you harness your digital footprint is just so key, especially today. So as we kind of just get started, what would you say are some of the things that dealers should really be thinking about, uh, especially at this point in the year? Sure. And talking about fundamentals, fundamentals are always really what separates a great dealer operator from another. It's a following a process, a proven process and sticking to the plan. Of course, adapting to change as well. But fundamentally, I think that for 2021, I want to encourage dealers to get back to focusing on local search, that high quality traffic that generates over 50% of their phone calls and over 50% of their lead forms comes from Google My Business, which is the local directory system for dealers. And there's been a number of changes to that platform that I want to cover today that are absolutely relevant for dealers. And then I think the second big opportunity for dealers is to lean into digital video. And I think that dealers need to understand a little bit of the differentiation between linear OTT and other forms of uh, video advertising today. So Brian, so we shouldn't explore like how to optimize your yellow pages ad and the yellow, book, the yellow pages <laughs> yeah. that I was... Well, you know, I think they still print those books. <laughs> And I think most people use them like for door stops or leveling tables or something like that. But it is uh, funny when you think about some of the old advertisements. I don't know if you guys have seen some of these commercials that are on YouTube, you know, from the 60s and the 70s. And you're like laughing at these commercials. I wonder 20 years from now uh, what we're going to be thinking about some of the marketing tactics we deployed in 2021. Well, it's interesting. I think uh, what made me say that is over the holidays, we had needed an electrician. And, you know, I went to the uh, internet to search for electrician and reviews and all that fun stuff. And I don't know why I was reflecting on many moons ago in retail automotive, sitting down with the Yellow Pages, you know, advertising team and trying to figure out where you could position yourself and, and just all the stories about how companies would literally name their company to try to increase where they showed up in the yellow pages, you know, number one or triple A, you know, electricity right. or whatever. Uh, my, how things have changed. But um, sure. yeah, enough about that. So you talked about local search. Why is that important? I think it maybe is a good starting point. And then how can dealers maximize that? 
Most dealers know that they need to cover their backyard, right? As a primary marketing objective, they need to cover their backyard. And I will tell you that if they don't, then they spend a lot of money trying to draw in additional traffic or, you know, pay for traffic that would have come naturally to them. So uh, number one, it's where the majority of their business is. Number two, if it's done right, it's extremely low cost. Number three, it's the way to differentiate yourself from other local franchise and independent options in the market. So local search is where your customers are. Yes, are they on Facebook, Instagram, you know, maybe even, you know, some of the new social media platforms, TikTok, uh, you know, whatever. But the local backyard is where they need to focus on first. And when it comes to like what consumers are searching for, I think that's really the key, right? Like, can we capture the demand that they may already have? And would you say as a step one, you know, a customer may know that they need a new car, but they may not know that I need the red sedan with this option from Brian's dealership. So how could a dealer think about like when it comes to capturing, like you said, covering their backyard, what's some of the blocking and tackling of, of making that happen just to cover your bases? Yeah, that's a great question. And let me give three specific things that dealers can do. Number one, they should create a separate Google My Business listing for their sales, service, and parts department. That is now what Google recommends. That gives them a really a 200% increase in the potential to match a local search to their business. Most dealers have just one Google My Business listing for sales. In the last year and a half, many of them have added. So that's number one. Number two. So Brian, Brian, can I? Yes, go there? ahead. So is it, when you say that, you should have a Google My Business, a Brian Sales, a Brian Service, and a Brian's Parts, three separate pieces, right? That's right. Okay. That's right. And, and the reason is, is that each listing can be described by 10 business categories. Now, for a franchise dealer, for example, uh, let's just pick Toyota. Uh, they're a Toyota dealer and a car dealer and a used car dealer. They're a truck dealer and a used truck dealer. They're a car accessory store, they're a car finance and loan, they're a car leasing, right? You start adding them up, that has nothing to do with service. You can use all 10 categories for your sales listing. For your service listing, you're an auto repair shop, a wheel alignment shop, a car battery store, brake shop, oil change service, you're a diesel engine repair if your manufacturer has diesel engines. And those are 10 categories. And you know, for the parts listing, you're a parts store, you're an auto body shop parts supplier. I can keep on going, but the idea right. here is each listing should be optimized for that department. And this yields thousands of extra times the business shows up in search and maps each month. And this is a free opportunity for all dealers in 2021. Well, it's funny. I, I've got a background in F&I. Mathematics are not my strong suit, but it just seems like raising whatever to the 10th power, to your point, is, is exponential for searches for a dealer. That's right. The second thing that dealers should be focused on in 2021 is to realize that they have very little user-developed or dealership-developed content on their website. You know, there's a command that many people use. How many pages does Google have in its index for my dealership? And, and the command, just like you go into a Google search, it's the word site, S-I-T-E, and then a colon. And then you paste in, say, your homepage, H-T-T-P-S, you know, Brian's Toyota.com. 
the reason why I bring this up for the average dealer, it says, man, you have a thousand pages, 1500 pages, 2000 pages. And so dealers have kind of um, believed this number, but it's a false friend. Mm -hmm. The average dealer has less than 20 static pages on their website. When I say static, uh, well-written content pages. And when you talk about local search and you gave a perfect example earlier, people don't know if it's a red car. They don't know if they want a new or used, but they may type in you know, Ford Explorer, um, they may type in Toyota Camry, they may type in whatever. And the make model city searches are so lucrative. And uh, for our listeners today, just do make model and your city, and you will see that most dealers don't even show up. Uh, who shows up? Autotradercars.com, CarGurus, Carfax, TrueCar, our local backyard, you're the franchise dealer in these towns and you do a simple make model city search and you're not even on page one. And this is a shame, but it's because most of the pages that Google indexes are inventory, right? And inventory changes every day and they've just not realized that they have a multi-million dollar business and they have an anemic website platform that doesn't have sufficient content to allow it to compete with third-party portals. And that will be a breakthrough strategy for dealers in 2021 who get it. So making sure that you have well-written content on your website can be a differentiator. That's right. And where to start? This is always a, how many pages do I need? And I recommend that dealers have what I call evergreen make model pages. So, you know, if you have 20 models of cars that you sell, there should be 20 pages and optimize for your town and area. So if you're in Fort Lauderdale, you know, you're going to do Toyota Camry, Fort Lauderdale and Toyota Avalon, Fort Lauderdale and Toyota Tundra. Okay. Work out beautiful pages that look good on mobile with a clear call to action. And you never have to change these pages other than changing the photos, you know, for new model year changes. And this is what the third party portals do, but dealers don't think that they can dominate local search, but they can. Yeah. And so what's the third, third pillar? Sure. Tell your story in video. Okay. Um, you know, a number of dealers have embraced remote retailing. And when I say remote retailing, it may be called digital retailing or just retailing, but using software on their website to provide more penny perfect or exact leasing, financing payments. And this idea that just putting the tool on the website, like Field of Dreams, you know, build it and he would come. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It doesn't happen. Uh, you know, I was talking to a dealer principal just recently in Florida, and he is a one price store. He was one of the first to put Roadster on his website. And he says, Brian, I'm still not getting a lot of people using the tool. And then I said, well, what's your marketing strategy look like? What's your merchandising strategy? And what ended up happening, it was, okay, they thought that you know, digital retailing was a magical event when they bolted on their website. You have to tell the story. We have to teach people that there's a new way to buy a car and explain it, show it, tell a story, get your customers to talk about it. We need to reframe what consumers think it's like to buy a car. If we don't reframe it, they're going to be using old images or experiences from their past. And that makes a lot of sense because one of the things that we talked about on an earlier podcast episode was just differentiating your brand and the idea that, you know, we still see a lot of dealers that their key differentiator that they're using as a marketing tactic is whether it's inventory or lowest prices. And these things, you know, in some cases may be true, but it's easy to copy that 
easy for anyone to take that and say, well, that's my differentiator too. But if you brand the experience and focus on what is it that the customers is feeling and, and interacting with at your store and show them that it's easy, well, I think that's a stronger differentiator because you may have the large inventory, but do you have the inventory that I'm looking for? Do you have the, what I need in my unique scenario? Yes. Uh little over two and a half years ago, my first book that I wrote on digital retailing was called Just Faster. And we did a survey and we asked consumers to describe their ideal car buying experience. And we created a word cloud, but it came up something like this, faster, easier, mostly online to save me time so I could do more of the fun things of life. You know, waiting for the F&I office on a busy Saturday for two to three hours isn't qualified as one of the fun things in life. So when, when you realize that um, largest inventory doesn't mean anything today because of the internet, you can find exactly the car you want in seconds and people will deliver a car to you. Family owned and operated, again, that doesn't hold much weight because it doesn't tell you whether you're still using a stone tablet, you know, to sell cars or the latest computer system. So I always try to work with dealers to create a, what I call a modern brand promise, which implies that they're going to save something that they value. And, and everyone listening to this podcast values two things, their time and convenience, okay? Time yeah. and convenience. And if we're out there yelling that we're the lowest price, consumers don't believe that. And if we say we're in business 75 years, they're still not talking about the experience. And the largest inventory is like, no, I can just go to cars.com and find, you know, a red and tan car. So we need to speak in a language that consumers value, which is time and convenience. So, so I love this conversation. This is super tactical. I want to go back to the telling your story in video. So is that something like for me, if, if I'm a dealer and I'm saying, okay, I, I, I like that, I get that. Do I have to go find film crew and set up a studio and do all that kind of stuff? Or is there sure. a way to do that faster, easier with the yeah. technology? I think, I think what Danny's really asking is, do you need to find his hair guy? I love it. Love <laughs> it. So, you know, there's been some breakthroughs uh, this year because of the acceleration of digital retailing. Okay. So let me give a few examples. The cable companies, uh, the inc largest incumbents like Effective, formerly Comcast Spotlight, and Spectrum Reach have built digital retailing film kits, right? Like um, stock footage showing a consumer at home, you know, and then they'll just come in and do the more on-site shots, which would be, you know, the showroom experience, the panning off. So there's a lot of footage now being built. There's also companies like Wayfair, and there's one other company that uh, just misses my mind at this moment, but they have thousands of ready-to-go commercials, and they included a digital retailing library. So literally, a dealer can ship off their logo, ship off their brand promise, and literally overlay with voiceover. Of course, a dealer can do the whole thing from scratch, but I want to encourage video is so important to communicate. And the reason why video is so poorly executed with dealers is because they think they have to do everything from scratch. And as a result, they do a video shoot and it's such a pain, they wait three or four months to do another one. 
there are off the shelf, you know, almost pre-made video content. You can check with your local cable providers that can be quickly customized so that each month you're telling a different part of your modern retail story. Maybe it's the home delivery, maybe it's the in-store connected experience, maybe it's, you know, uh, how quickly it is to compare and shop. All of those elements have to be explained to consumers if you want to differentiate yourself and if you want more people to go through your retailing uh, experience. That's great. And I guess maybe I'm curious to get your thoughts, Brian, around kind of the, a little more granular, like everyone has a camera on their phone too, right? And maybe speaking just about that consumer engagement, what, what are your thoughts on just communicating with consumers via video chat? What's the impact there? Sure. So, you know, during COVID, when there was extreme lockdowns in certain states, Zoom meetings, Microsoft team meetings, and Skype was used really to share F&I menus, to discuss and close deals. And I don't know about you, but it used to be a little creepy when people used to FaceTime you. And yeah. now, I don't know if you feel this way, but I found myself, I'm almost preferring the FaceTime because we're, you know, so it's like, I'm going to call my father-in-law, I FaceTime. And he's like, why are you FaceTiming me? And I'm like, I don't know. I just feel like I can't see anybody. So I might as well see you on the phone. So I think that video is so important because dealers need to realize that the human element of selling may be changing permanently because of time inconvenience, because of, you know, new patterns of behavior. I mean, think about business travel. It is evaporated. Are corporations who've been able to hit their sales objectives going to rush back and spend a few million dollars on travel? Probably not. So I think that dealers need to embrace video in their marketing. They need to embrace video in their sales process. And then one other thing that's very important is they need to get their infrastructure checked out to make sure that they have enough bandwidth, right? For these tablets and phones and in the service drive, you know, technicians with iPads now doing, you know, on the lift photos and videos. One of the recent companies that I've been uh, learning more about is called Dealer IT. They did a survey, over 80% of dealers failed uh, internet bandwidth speed tests and security. It was interesting and it, it finally hit me, you know, every time I go to a dealer and try to download something, it, it's horrible, right? You know, right. And, and what video is going to force all dealers to do is to just upgrade their routers, upgrade their bandwidth, upgrade their security, because video will be a more of a standard way in which we communicate with consumers. Two things I think jump out. One, what's been lessened through kind of 2020 is the importance of perfection. And I think there's a lot of just that authenticity that comes through. That's Listen, right. Nobody's perfect and just connecting with people authentically. I think the other thing is that you spoke earlier around this, like hope is not a strategy when it comes to digital retailing tools. <laughs> and it's the same with video too, right? If, if you don't have the infrastructure in place within your store to support these things, you, you probably ought to fix that first and then start to, um, you know, dip your toes in the water with engaging customers that way. Absolutely. I mean, there's something different and, and you've seen this and everyone who's listening uh, to today's uh, show knows this. When somebody has a great internet connection on a Zoom or Skype meeting and they're crystal clear, that's enjoyable to watch. When someone has a crappy internet connection and they're kind of in and out, you're almost like, eh. 
And dealers have to realize that if they can close more deals remotely, if they can do FNI presentations remotely, face-to-face -face through a meeting, they better look their best because no one likes to be, oh, I'm sorry, you know, my internet is horrible here. Like that's, that's not acceptable for a, you know, kind of modern business climate. So I think those are some great like pillars to focus on as we start 2021. I, I'm curious, Brian, while we got you, like as you begin to think futuristically five, 10 years down the road, what should dealers be thinking about? And I guess I'm just curious about your own perspective. What are you curious about in retail automotive as you kind of look out on the horizon? Well, I think that, and, and I'm not a doom and gloom person, but I have been witnessing the massive roll-ups that are going on, you know, in the auto industry. Uh, Lithia has been on a roll. Morgan Auto Group been on a roll. I mean, we're talking about on a monthly basis, adding more and more stores and investing in technology, whether it's a logistics platform, whether it's a online car buying platform and dealers really need to think uh, about this. And let me give you the example. Everyone seems to pick on Amazon. I love Amazon. I use it all the time. And people say, well, they're using their monopoly or whatever. I like get over it. They're the guys who, who figured it all out. Right. But for people who felt that Amazon competed with them, Shopify really provides a turnkey internet shopping cart for any business owner, small or large, with the same degree or even better, faster purchasing capabilities. What COVID did is crush businesses that didn't have an online presence and Shopify stock has been up a few hundred percent because everyone was rushing. Why do I bring up this story? The largest dealer groups are investing in logistics, online retailing, uh, mobile apps and infrastructure. They're bringing in the smartest and smartest people to reduce cost, make things more efficient. Dealers are going to need to figure out how to compete against these behemoths, which means they're going to have to find technology partners that are willing to work in smaller scale, that are affordable. But we cannot laugh at Carvana anymore, right? Their last quarterly report, PVR, was over 4,000 a copy. Things are changing. Smart people are figuring out how to be more efficient. And if dealers you know, are not willing to invest in technology, if they're not willing to create a similar experience that saves time and is convenient and is enjoyable, then it may be a time to consider selling because I think the wave of consolidation through technology prowess is coming. Well, I think, you know, you spoke about that earlier, like one of the keys to just getting the year started off right is giving customers the experience they want and that's only going to grow, right? I think, and as the industry and retail stores consolidate, as technology gets more available, more efficient, learns more about our business, you, you got to keep that at the forefront, you know? That's right. Yeah. Uh, Danny, what do you, this has been really enjoyable, Brian, and I've appreciated your time, but Danny, I guess I would ask you, what, what's the biggest takeaway today from uh, our time with Brian? I mean, so much, just super tactical, the idea of just helping your dealership be found through Google My Business, through using those categories, and it's all free and it's out there and it's available. And of right. course, using video. And one thing that I wrote down that you said was people still want to connect with humans, especially after kind of just what the world went through and, and not being able to see everybody in the same way. I think 
the, the modern retail solutions coupled with the friendly, authentic face, I think is, is a strong, strong way to position your brand and influence customers. Yeah, for me, I think you started the conversation off, Brian, talking about the importance of fundamentals. And, you know, as much as the industry has changed, the more kind of being focused on that, on the fundamentals. Now, they the, the fundamentals have changed in the business. The blocking and tackling is critical to, um, to right. setting yourself up for success for 2021. Brian, where can our listeners uh, find you? Great. Well, my website is my name, brianpash.com. On there, you'll see uh, my nine books that I've written. If any would like to kind of pursue further education in marketing and retailing. Uh, also, we hold two annual conferences a year, and those are always there listed. And uh, if I'm doing any speaking in regional events, those will be listed as well. So the easiest way, just go to brianpash.com. And you can also find your podcast there too, brianpash.com. Be sure to check out Brian's podcast. Uh, if you enjoyed what you heard today, be sure to like and share the walk around as well. Uh, Brian, this has been great. I appreciate having you on and giving us all some tools to, to get the year started right. Great. Well, listen, 2021 is here. It's time to uh, ramp up and make sure our foundation is solid. And uh, then we can differentiate ourselves and grow market share. And I think that's what every deal wants to do in 2021. Absolutely. There you go. Thanks, Brian. Thanks. Thank you. Be sure to keep listening to The Walk Around as we explore the retail automotive space to keep up with the leaders that are influencing the retail automotive landscape today. We really appreciate you joining us today. If you enjoyed it, please be sure to subscribe and rate us and share it with your friends.